welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise God. Father, thank you so much for your anointing. Father, speak to every one of us here, Lord God, and just help us to move forward and just give us a bit of a a kick if that's what we need, Lord God. Help us to be truly wonderful Christians for you, to have more of your glory, your holiness, your anointing on our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everyone. Have a seat. How good is God? Isn't God good? Do you know at this moment they come and go a little bit? All four of my children, all four of their sons, my sons and daughters-in-law, and all two of my grandchildren are in church. How amazing is that? What a blessing. I'm so blessed. We sit, they come and go a bit, Orange and Townsville and Adelaide and all sorts of places. But how blessed am I? And I just want to encourage you to be blessed as well. And not only that, but I have <laughs> my husband here. <laughs> Forgot about him. And even more importantly, Keelan up the back. He's turning 15. All in church. Keelan's working away. So how blessed am I? Sorry, darling. I didn't forget you. I was just commenting on kids. <laughs> but aren't we blessed? Come on, you can have that too. Let's, or let's all have that. Go that. I want that. Let's all just be in church together because it's very good to be together. Hallelujah. One day we'll all be together in heaven, all of us. It's going to be awesome. But in the meantime, we have life to live. So let's live it abundantly. We are starting a fabulous new series on the Lord's Prayer. Or the Our Father, if you have a Catholic background. And we are going to look at the Lord's Prayer and we're going to learn from it. And it's exciting because our children have been learning this very same. They've been running through the Lord's Prayer out in the Kids Club, 101 Kids, and learning the Lord's Prayer. And I'm really keen for them all to learn it off by heart. So if you don't know the Lord's Prayer off by heart, please learn it. And if you have children, Speak together with them because it's just so exciting and so powerful. And we're going to do a series looking at the Lord's Prayer. So beginning in Luke 11, in chapter 1, it basically says, after, after seeing Jesus pray, one of the disciples said this, Lord, teach us to pray. Very simply, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, these, these were good Jewish boys They knew lots of psalms, no doubt. They used to learn a lot of things off by heart back in those days. They probably knew massive amounts of psalms off by heart. And they knew that they could pray the psalms. They they had prayers from Leviticus, prayers all through. And yet when they saw Jesus pray, they were like, Lord, teach us to pray. We want to pray. We want to know how to, to talk to God, how to talk to God. They felt they didn't know. How incredible, let's just pause for a moment, that we can talk to God. How incredible that the most amazing, beautiful, awesome, fearsome, 
all-powerful, all-knowing God wants to talk to us. Just, it's such a privilege. It's so amazing. Just think of the most wonderful, loving, amazing person that you could ever think of that you would want to talk to. We used to play that game. You ever played that game? If you could meet a famous person, who would you want to talk to? And I can never really think of anyone because I'm like, meh, famous people. I'd rather talk to Chris or Byron or something, but, you know. <laughs> but, um, and Sarah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, we just went out for a meal with them. It was lovely. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, but God wants to talk to us and we want to talk to God, but sometimes it's almost like, how do we do that? And the disciples were, how, how do I pray? So all of us have to, has to desire to talk to him. The disciples knew how important to be able to talk to God and how do I do it? How can I talk to God in the right way? Because he's God and I can't see him in the, in the way that I might see someone I talk to. He's a little bit, he's different. He's, he's immense. He's incredible. He's spiritual. How do, you, how do we talk to God? And so that's what we're going to look at. And every one of us need to have that cry in our hearts, a, a desire to be closer to God. It really isn't enough for God to just be distant and, yeah, I believe in God. He's out there somewhere. That's just not good enough. That, that's not good enough for us and it's not good enough for him because he loves us. He loves us so much. If any of you have ever been estranged from family, you will know that, that the pain of it, even if they're difficult it's, it's so horrible to be separate from someone you love if you or if your husband or wife is away for a while or you know being separate and and away is horrible and being separate from God is just the worst thing we were designed to be close to God we were designed to talk to him we are his children he wants to talk to us and being close to him is the best thing and I want every one of us to make that determined decision that I want to be close to God. I want to talk to him. And when we first start, we, we need to learn. Just as the disciples learned, it's a learned skill. And when we first start, I know when I first started to pray, it was very awkward and weird. And I didn't kind of, I didn't, I didn't know if I was connecting. I was like, are you listening? I don't know. <laughs> are my prayers going through the roof or is it just hit the roof and drop down again? <laughs> I don't know. But we can learn to pray and we must learn to pray. I, I guess I sort of, you know, when you're really excited about something, it's like, please just discover the joy of talking to God. Once you discover the joy of talking to the most joyful person, the most joyful being in the universe, once you discover the power of speaking to the most powerful person in the universe, once you discover the grace and the beauty of speaking to the most graceful and beautiful being in the universe, you'll just be addicted. It's not a question of, I've got to, you know, we've got to pray for 10 minutes every day. I mean, I know this old flesh sometimes is a bit lazy and we don't want to get out of bed. So if, if, if that kind of gets you started, that sense of, I must, great. But that is, it's not a great way to start. It's not, you, you've got to move on beyond, I, I have to pray. I mean, can you imagine if Chris said to me, Right, five minutes. I've got to talk to you for five minutes. Let's hurry up. Let's do it right now. Five minutes. <laughs> it sounds vaguely like you do do that sometimes, darling, but no. <laughs> Let's not go there. No, no, we won't go there. But um, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I tell you what, I tell you what, if, we ever do, if I ever get those vibes, because my husband is a bit of a business busy man. He likes to get things done. If I ever get those vibes, I don't like it. 
okay? I don't like the kind of like, yeah, you want to talk? What do you want to talk about? I, I've got to go, I'm going out in five minutes. What, what, you got, what do you want to say? That, uh, it's not a real winner, is it, for a wife or a husband? It's sort of like, you just like to feel like someone wants to talk to you. So, you know, it's, it's better than nothing, I guess. But it's the same with God. <laughs> We start, sometimes I, when I first began praying, I did set myself a time because I wanted to, to press into that a little bit and just to push into the concept of praying a bit longer rather than just a quick prayer. But after a while, I, I realised that it was not really the way to pray. Now I pray until I'm finished. That's the way to go. I just keep praying until we're finished. And then sometimes I even go a bit longer there. But yeah. So we need to pray. We need healing, we need miracles, we need direction, we need guidance. All of that is found in prayer. Everything that we need. We can talk to God. We can go to God feeling horrible and come away feeling fantastic. We can go to God not knowing what to do at all and coming away with guidance. Often when I pray, I have to get have a notepaper nearby because he just reminds me of things. At first I used to think it was just my busy brain. I'm like, shut up, shut up. But then I realised, oh no, this is good. I, I I'd forgotten about that. Oh, oh, thanks, God. So I write everything down that he tells. Don't forget these. Don't forget that. Oh, okay. Write it all down. Then once it's down, I can forget about all the things that I need to remember and get on to loving the Lord again. So he guides and directs us. Often when I'm praying, he speaks to me. I just suddenly think of a scripture. I'm like, oh, in fact, just this morning I was praying and this scripture popped into my head and I thought, oh, go and look that up. So I look it up and I was like, oh, that is exactly what I needed. Exactly. And it's so good because when we pray, it's not just that we talk to God. He talks to us. He talks to us. But it's a still, small voice, and it's not the voice that we're used to. It's not the voice of the world. It's not loud and clanging. It's not like, Ruth, Ruth, listen. It's a still, small voice, so we've got to go to that, that place. And so that's, that's why the disciples could see the power when Jesus prayed. They're like, Lord, teach us to pray. We need help. We need to learn. And so let's look in Matthew 6, 9 to 13. And I'm just going to read the whole of the Lord's Prayer through. And then we're going to look at how that works for us. Matthew 6. This is the model that Jesus taught. He said, in this manner, pray. Pray like this. This is, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, I prefer, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. There it is. Very simple prayer. Let's learn it off by heart. And let's not just... Now, when we talk to God, there's, we can, there's a million different ways we can talk to God, obviously. We can, we can, there's, there's so many approaches to God. Any approach is better than nothing. Like, God, help. <laughs> That's a prayer if you direct it to God. So there's a lot of ways to pray. But Jesus said, pray like this. He actually said at the beginning there, pray like this. This, this is the way you should pray. So this is a special prayer. And there's a lot of prayers in the Bible, but this is special. And I think that we should actually use this prayer as a template. We can pray this prayer just straight through as it stands. That's beautiful. But what we're going to do is we're going to teach us how to use this prayer 
as a template, like line by line, to take a line of the prayer and expand it in prayer. We're going to expand each line. And this is a very good way for us to approach our regular prayer time. This is a great way to do it. This is actually how I pray. I use the Lord's Prayer every single day. I just find it a great way to pray. And I begin with our Father. So let's just make the decision, first of all, that we're going to pray and and use this as a template. And let me just encourage you, the beginning of prayer is the decision to pray and the devil will try to stop you from praying. He will ferociously attack this part of your life. Once you decide to pray, to begin with, you'll find that there must be a million reasons why you shouldn't pray. Uh, Just a million reasons. It's like the hardest thing in the world all of a sudden is to pray. It's like I'm exhausted, I'm tired. There's so many reasons. And so we need to, he, he knows, the devil knows that if he can stop us praying, he can stop us from really experiencing the kingdom of heaven, which is righteousness, peace and joy. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace and joy. And when we don't pray, we don't experience righteousness, peace and joy. We experience sin, temptation, guilt, worry, anxiety and fear and we don't experience those things. So basically, you know when you need to pray is when you're not experiencing righteousness, peace and joy. As soon as you're outside of those things, we need to pray, which is, as you know, all the time. So we decide to pray. I want us to talk a little bit about Daniel just before we get on to the... I'm only doing two lines of the Lord's Prayer and we're going to follow it through the next few weeks. But I just want to talk a little bit about Daniel. Those of you who know in the Old Testament, Daniel was a young Jewish boy who was uh, taken captive into Babylon. Hudson was talking about Babylon. He was taken captive. The, the, uh, The Babylonians took all the Jewish people and took them to Babylon and destroyed their country. And so he was in... Babylon and they, he was raised up and became a first just a, a sort of a civil servant but eventually he did so well he was the prime minister essentially and he was a very very great man in, the, in Babylon. He, he served the king there but he was, he was a, a, a God-fearing man and he believed in God and he was a praying man and, uh, and people were jealous of him because they, he was the prime minister and they just wanted to take him down. So they, the people around him, the government guys and some of these other guys, they, they went to the king and said, Can you ma- we want you to make it illegal to pray. It's illegal to pray except to you. So that was the rule that they did. And Daniel heard about this. And we, we're very blessed that it's not illegal to pray. It's illegal to do a few things at the moment, or at least, you know, not recommended. But this is not uncommon. You know, for centuries regimes have mandated religious expression and tried to force you to to, to worship like this or not worship like this. I mean, you know, we went to Russia and they weren't allowed to pray. They weren't allowed to be Christians. They weren't allowed to read the Bible. This is in our lifetime. So this is very common that, that people try to, you know, essentially it's the devil, but they try to stop religious freedom. It's very common. And praise God we're not at that place yet, but who knows what's going to happen. And we have to still be determined to pray and to seek God if these things come upon us. They've, it's, it's very common. Even in England, for hundreds of years, there was no freedom. So this is what Daniel did. Daniel 6, verse 10. When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, in other words, this law was signed into law, he went home 
And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. So he knew what the, what the, law, the new law said. Anyone who prays to anyone except the king will die. So Daniel went home, opened the window and prayed. So I just love this. Basically, this is how important prayer is. This is how important it was to Daniel. The deal was, if I pray, I will be executed. Would we still pray? Would you? Would you pray? If you knew the punishment for prayer is execution, it, that's it, end of my life. I'm so challenged by that. What about us? If I pray, I might lose a little bit of sleep. If I pray, I might not be able to watch so much TV at night. If I pray, I might not be able to go on social media. I might miss out on chatting on the phone. If I pray, I, 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 might, I might get tired. I might not have so much time to, to tidy up or do this or do that. Or if I, I'm too busy to pray. Daniel was the prime minister. He was pretty busy. He was, he was ruling the nation right under the king. He was the number one guy under the king. And if I pray, Daniel's thinking, if I pray, I die. So I'm going to pray. So come on, let's get a bit of that Daniel spirit on us. What possible excuse do we have for not praying? Daniel thought it was so important to pray that he didn't, it was like, it's worth it. It's worth dying. And look at how he prayed. He had the window open to heaven. And I think this is obviously partly because he refused to hide the fact that he prayed. It was like, yeah, I pray. You got a problem with that? I'm not hiding it. If he, he could have shut the window. He could have prayed in a quiet room so no one could see him. But he was like, I'm not hiding my religious faith. I'm not hiding my Christianity or, in his case, Jewishness. Judaism. What do they say? My, I don't know. don't know the word for that. <laughs> but um, Jewish. My, anyway, he's, I'm not hiding that. I hope that every parent here has been interrupted by their children praying. I hope that your prayer life isn't so secretive that no one ever sees you do it. I hope that you are a bold prayer. And yeah, maybe even in a restaurant. Do you, ever, do you say grace in a restaurant? Who cares if people see it? What are they going to think? All those weird Christians. Yes, that's exactly what they might think. So you're not gonna, they're not going to kill you, are they? But in Russia, that was the case. They might have thrown them in prison. We had friends who did get thrown in prison. They still prayed. They still got the Bible. We need to get this kind of like determination that I'm not hiding my prayer life. It's clear that I pray. People know that I pray. I'm bold about it. And I think also, to be honest, I think he partly prayed through the window because it's good to, um, it's good to look at the sky. To, sometimes it, it, uh, it encourages us to see God's beauty and God's glory in prayer. I was kind of encouraged by that because it's literally exactly how I pray. I've got a window in my bedroom. I took the screen out and I opened the window and I kneel right before the window and, and then I look out the sky and it gives you a nice sort of, ah, you get to look out the window. So you've got to find a good spot to pray. So Daniel obviously had a good spot to pray. So he opened the window and he prayed. Bless the Lord. He was determined. He was courageous. He let nothing stop him from praying. And listen to this, Matthew Henry says, Be careful, lest under pretense of discretion we be found guilty of cowardice in the cause of God. 
Isn't that good? Be careful. Well, I don't, I don't want to upset people. Or I, don't, I don't want to be sort of one of those annoying Christians and I just, you know, I just want to fit in. So he's saying just be careful. Is it that you're being discreet and wise or is it that you're being gutless? And you don't want people to know you're a Christian. Be careful of that, our friend Matthew Henry says. So he, he, kneeled, he knelt down. He looked out the window. He knelt. Let me encourage you to kneel when you pray. You don't have to kneel when you pray, but Daniel did, and Daniel's like incredible, and Paul did. Paul says, for this reason, reason Ephesians 3.14, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul knelt. We know that a lot of people yield, kneel when they pray. Now, we don't have to because there's no rules. This is Guidelines give us ideas, but they're not rules. So... Of course, we can pray like this, we can pray sitting down, we can pray however we like. But sometimes it's good to kneel. I like to kneel. I kneel, I always kneel when I pray. But I know sometimes I end up standing again on running, walking around and lying on my face. I just, but I find that that initial position of prayer, kneeling, is very good because it reminds us that God is God and we, we're, we're humble and we don't know anything. It reminds us that he's God. We need to be yielded and meek before God. We need to sort of just go, you know what, God? I'm just a sinner. (laughs) I miss it. I make mistakes. We need to have that sweet humility before God. And I think sometimes kneeling is a good thing to do because it reminds us that to be humble and reverent and submissive and open and real when we pray. It's a very real position to be kneeling. And, and you know what the other thing is? It's good to sometimes do things with your body because it encourages your spirit. Like people say, oh, I pray when I'm in bed. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? When you lie down in bed, do you know what you're saying to your spirit and your mind and everything? Go to sleep. As we can see from Hudson, he just lies down anywhere and he will go to sleep, right? So... <laughs> So when we lie down in our nice, soft, comfortable bed and think, oh, yeah, I've got to pray. Oh, okay, God, I'll just pray. It's a bit sleepy prayer, isn't it? It's a bit hard to pray lying down in your bed because your body's thinking, are we praying or are we going to sleep? Because I feel like I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and so do I. When I so I, I don't pray lying down in my bed. I'm, I mean, I, I do when I wake up. It's just, good morning, Lord. But I like to get out of bed. And I can remember as a young person learning to pray and I'd get into bed because I like to pray before I got to bed and i get into bed and go, oh, no, I didn't pray. Oh, and I think I'll just do a quick one in the bed. And I'm like, no. And then it's cold. You know, you don't want to get out. It's cold. It's like, come on. So I'd make myself get out and make myself pray, find a place to pray. And then it says... It says he, gets, he got down on his knees three times, which is great. Pray as much as we can. Three times a day, morning, noon and night. That's awesome. If we can pray that, that much, great. If we can pray more, great. If we can, you know, there's no rules. But it is good to have, have sort of ways that we pray because it helps us. He prayed towards Jerusalem. Look at that, he prayed towards Jerusalem. And again, it's not some law that we have to pray towards Jerusalem, but I think it's because he loved God's city and he loved God's people and he loved, he, he had a sense of, of unity with them when he prayed. And, and I was thinking about this because we're going to get to the, the Lord's Prayer just, just now. Our Father, 
the very first word of the Lord's Prayer is our. And I can remember praying it to the Lord and one day just going, it's just me, so will I just say my father? Like, do I have to say Alf because I'm just praying all alone in my bedroom? <laughs> There's no one here. But actually there is. There's, we're always together. It's always about all of us. Even when I'm alone, I'm not alone because we are a body. We're together. We, we, when, even when we're alone, we're part of a church. We're part of the body of Christ. We're part of the, the whole worldwide body of Christ. And when we pray alone, our prayers have impact. When I pray, I pray for you. So that has an impact. But we just, just the fact of my praying has an impact on all of you. And this is why Daniel prayed to Jerusalem, because he's, we're not single entities. We're part of a body. We belong together. And we work together. We live together. And we pray together, even when we're praying alone. We're together. Even when we think we're not connected, we're totally connected. And interestingly, there's a couple of scriptures, which I won't go into now, but it says if, if, you, have, if you bring a gift to the altar or you go to before God and you've got something wrong with your brother, it says go and fix it up. Isn't that interesting? It says go and sort out things with your brother. So when we pray, even praying alone, we need to be humble before God. And if we've got something wrong in our life or really out of order with our brothers and sisters, we need to deal with that. Either pray about it straight away or because God, he wants us to be, he wants it to be an hour. It's a little bit like if your kid comes to you and they've just had this massive fight, you know, when the kids were little, they have a massive fight and then they come and they just want to be nice to you and you're like, hang on a sec, have you, have you sorted that thing out? Have you, have you gone and fixed it up? So don't just act like nothing's happened with me. <laughs> you guys, you know, sort yourselves because as a parent, you don't like it when your brothers and your kids are fighting. So you sort things out. So that's just a little aside there. And so we pray, our Father in heaven, our Father. We are together. We are close. He loves us. We work together. We find that time and that place and we say, our Father, our Father in heaven. How amazing that we have a heavenly Father who loves us. I don't know what your dads were like. I imagine some of you had wonderful dads. And some of you probably had dads who you are still working through your forgiveness issues with them. It's there, there's all kinds of dads in this world and they're not all good. But let me assure you that your Father in heaven is good. And when we say those words, our Father in heaven, he longs to listen. Know that. He's like, yes, yes. He listens. He's longing to talk. He's longing to connect with us. So we need to make sure that our heart is just connecting with him. Honestly, sometimes we just need to stop right there, our Father in heaven. We need to make sure that we're really connecting with a loving heavenly Father, that we're aware someone's listening. He's listening. Father, he's like, yes. Father, he's listening to us. This is not a business transaction. It's not like we're picking up the phone. It's like, yep, yep, I need this, 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 and this. That's how some people pray. So, God, uh, I need this, 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 and this. Like, the, you know, going to the checkout or something. Yep, I'll have that and that and that and that and that. Yep, great, thanks. We don't talk to God like that. We don't just throw things up at him and not connect. We need to connect with God. We need to be aware of him. Some people, they just throw out these lists of stuff. It's like, you know, that's, that's not... That's not that's not prayer. Some people, it's like a last-minute cry for help. Well, that's good, but it's not the best approach to a relationship. You know, every five years, like, God, help me. It's like, well, you know, that's okay, but it's not, it's not intimate, is it? 
It's not, not the loveliest way to pray. Or else, the, the, you know, <laughs> hi, mum. I, look, I know we haven't talked in the last five years, but I need 20 grand. Can you give me 20 grand? That's some people's relationship with God. Look, I know we don't talk much God, but I need healing now and I need 20 grand. It's like, okay. <laughs> and then some of them go, oh, man, I pray and God doesn't answer me. I'm like, well, he probably did answer you. He probably said, great. Can we just talk about some other things now? Can, can, we, can we connect a little bit first before we get onto the money? That's probably what he was saying. You're too busy waiting for the money. He didn't wait for that response. He always answers. It's just not always kind of the way we want. He maybe said, can we just slow down a bit here and talk about this? How did you get in this mess in the first place? How come you haven't talked to me for the last five years? So let's just connect our father. It's a connection. This is another way some people pray. I was listening to the radio when I was preparing this message and uh, there was a, an article about an ex-nun who used to pray all the time. She did the required prayer. She talked about it, matins, lords, prime, knowns, vespers, all these, they have prayer all through the day, which, which I think, I don't have a problem with that. That's great. Go for it. If you've got names for prayers and you're praying all day long, that's good. But then they ask her this question, do you still pray? And she said, yes, I do, but it's different. I, this is an exact quote. I sit in nature and I'm still, and I experience the vast transcendence of all things. There is a holiness in all things. Hopefully, I can get in touch with the sense of oneness that makes me feel small. Now, I'm into getting into nature. As you know, I love nature. And I know that in nature, we do experience God because he created it. And we do feel small because he's incredible. But that's not enough. Okay, that's not good enough. If you just think, yeah, I just sat in nature. And a lot of people say this to me. I just was still. I just listened to the waves. And I think, right, but then did you start talking? Like, that's nice. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to sit in and experience God's creation. But um, it's not going to cut it. It's not enough. It's religious. Can you not do that? Don't tell me that you do that if you do do it. And don't do it. It's just not enough. Can you imagine if I just went, Chris and I, you know, as in a marriage relationship, we're trying to get to know each other, and I just said, do you, do you, do you talk to Chris? And go, no, not well. I just sit in his study and hopefully experience the vast sense of Christopher. <laughs> and I know that I am his wife. <laughs> you may bask in my glow, he says. So... If he wasn't in the study and I'm just sitting there, I mean, actually, if you sit in the study, you do have a sense of him, but it's not enough, is it? Come on. It's not, it's a bit, you know, it's, you've got to actually talk. God is actually has personhood. Do you know that? He's not just a transcendent sort of floaty cloud. He's actually a person. And by that, I don't mean that he's a human like we are, but the personalities that we have, that sense of being a person, that is like God. He actually has a personality. It's perfect and it's immense, but he's actually a person. So he des in the same way he designed us to communicate, giving us words, we look, we talk, talky-talky, he wants to do that too. He doesn't want us to just sit in, in his creation and experience his transcendence. He says, well, let's chat, shall we? <laughs> let's talk. He's real. 
And so let me encourage you to really pray real words to a real father and look at him in the face and know he's listening to you. He's responding, which is incredible. And that's why the disciples said, teach us to pray. And that's why it begins with our father. It's a real relationship. It's deep and spiritual and real. And he wants to talk to us. So our father, I'm here, I'm talking to you and God's talking to me. And let's just take time, even before we move too quickly beyond that, honestly, sometimes that's just Catherine Ruanala, I was listening to her, I was in a Zoom meeting with her the other day. She's this lovely spiritual woman of God from Queensland, pastor. And she, it's always, isn't it great how God always confirms what you're doing? Because she said, we've just completed a series in our church teaching on the Lord's Prayer, using the Lord's Prayer as a template. And I was like, ding. I, God, I love the way God just confirms what you're doing. But she said that this lovely thing, she always says no to early morning prayer meeting, early morning meetings and Friday afternoon meetings because that's when she spends time with the Lord. So she just says no. And I remember when uh, I used to work at church down at Oxford Falls, Peter McHugh down there had a, um, was working there and his secretary, she showed me once because she was a friend of mine and, uh, and he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have minded. She just, she's, I came in to say something to her and, she's, and his diary was there and she goes, look at this. And in his diary of his busy day, he had, you know, meeting, 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 and then it just said, Jesus, da, 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 Jesus, da, da, Jesus. He just blocked it off. So that if people rang, said, oh, can I see him at this time? She'd go, nope, busy. He just planned his life around prayer. I love that. So you've got to plan it and, and be aware of it. But Catherine said this, which I love. We must find unhurried time to undo the knots in our hearts. Isn't that beautiful? She said, my heart gets knotted up and it just takes time to undo those knots with our Father in heaven. So our Father in heaven, hallowed, that's the beginning, just that. And we've got one more line that I'm going to do and then we're going to follow through the rest of the prayer later. Hallowed be your name. Wow. So this is just recognising who he is. Hallowed means to, to recognise him as holy, to honour that name, to worship. So I always start, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then I start to thank him for everything he's done. Say, you're awesome. I love you. I praise you. Thank you for my children, my church, my home. I just love him and worship him. That's how I start. Whatever pops into my head to thank him for, I thank him for. And I... I have a sense of awe. Sometimes I play the guitar and worship him. If you can play an instrument there, you can worship. Recognising that he is bigger than all my issues. I just love him and honour him and recognise how holy he is. And his name. One time I just said those words, hallowed be your name. And he said to me, which one? And I'm just like, whoa. So that's over this whole new realm of prayer. It's like, Oh my goodness, God has so many names in the Bible. And which name am I honouring? And, and then I'd have this sense of how I'm approaching him. You know, like if you approach, you know, doctor, I mean, my, one of my cousins, he's, he's, um, he's a doctor. So, you know, I could approach him as Dr. Charlie and ask him about, you know, medical things. But I don't normally. He's just Charlie, you know, my, my ne nephew, whatever, connection. So, you know... The, the title of a person represents who they are. If you approach someone as a doctor or you approach them as an engineer or mechanic or you just approach them as a person or a dad or 
it, you know, there's different ways of approaching someone. And so when we think of all the names and titles that God has, we can approach him differently and each time is exciting. You know, like if I need healing, I'm going to Jehovah Rapha. That's one of his names because we know he's, you know, I'm not going to go through all the names of God, don't worry, that would be another whole series. But God, our healer, that's what that means. That's one of his names. His names are Elohim. That's the very first one. In the beginning, God, Elohim. That means all-powerful one, the creator. And interestingly, it's plural. In the beginning, God, three parts, God, created the heaven and the earth. El Elyon, most high God. Adonai, my great Lord. And then all the Hebrew names. The Hebrew word Jehovah, which probably more like Yahweh, but we don't really know how to pronounce it. But we say Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Raha, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Shema, the Lord here. With me, a very present help in times of trouble. And then what about Jesus when he prayed? He said, Abba, Father. He called him Abba. Oh, it's so beautiful. That's the Hebrew word even to this day for dad. He called him my, my dad, my father, dad. He used both terms. Maybe for a bit of respect. How beautiful. These are the names of God. And so when we come before God, let's realise who he is and just stop right there and thank him for all he's got and think about what, how we're approaching him today. What, what name and how, which name are we honouring or thinking about? It's so beautiful. So we can just pray for a long time just on those two words. So praise God. Let me tell you one quick story because it's a sweet story about the father nature of our God, how God's such a lovely father. I could give you a million answers to prayers of major prayers. People in this room have been healed of cancer and all sorts of terrible diseases. But this one, I think this answer to prayer reflects the, the father loving nature of our God. Is a, a friend of mine on the coast, a pastor, their daughter wanted a horse. And she said, I want a horse, mum and dad. And they said, well, no, we're not no, <laughs> we're, not, we're not horse people, we don't have a paddock, we don't have saddles, horses are very expensive, it's just not something that we do. You want a bird? Maybe a cat. We don't do horses. I think all parents can relate to that when your you know, 12-year-old daughter says they want a horse, it's kind of like, it ain't going to happen. So she said, well, I am going to pray. And so she prayed. And she also did a bit of research because she was a smart little chook. And she went on to Gumtree and she found a woman who had horses and then the, the woman wanted to give the horses away because she didn't want them anymore and they were just a couple of old horses and no one wanted to buy them. So she wanted to give them away. So Zoe, I won't tell you who it is, but this girl contacted her and was told this, I'll give you the horses, but you need somewhere to keep them. So she's got, right, I've got the horses, now I need a paddock. So the street that she lived in, up the road, there was this great big property and she thought, well, that looks like a paddock. So she marched on in there, met the guy and it turned out the guy that owned these, this property, which was actually an empty paddock, used to own racehorses, okay, which he'd now sold all the racehorses. And he said to her, you can use my stables and you can use my paddocks for your horses and all the feed that I've got left over and all the equipment you can just use for free. All you got to do is come up here and look after your horses. Now, she lived like five minutes down the road. He said, you just come up here. I'll, I'll adjust them for you for free. Because, you know, he's keen. She's a young girl. He wants to get her into the horses that he loves them. He thinks they'll, you know, eat the grass. This is good. 
So she goes and tells her mum and dad, I've got the horses, I've got the paddock, I have the saddles, I have all the equipment, I've got feed to last for the next year or two, and um, it's all happening. And they were just like, what? Because they had taught their daughter to pray. And her comment was this, they were like, they were sort of, they just didn't know where to go. And she just said, mum, you have to be persistent in prayer. (laughs) How cute is that? What a great, what a crazy story. Like, and that's just a sweet story. But doesn't that just show that our father God, how, how lovely is he, that he cares about a little girl getting her horses. And he cares about you and all your needs. And no doubt more important things than getting horses. So let me encourage you to pray, be determined. If I pray, I die. But I tell you what, for us, is if I I pray, I won't die. I will live abundantly. Let's decide that we're going to pray. Let's pray to our Father in heaven and let's enjoy praying to him. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.